Welcome back to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. Welcome back from your weekend. And welcome back to me, Adam Azer, back in the house. Rocking the mic with Heath and Scott. Hello, Heath and Scott. Adam Azer. Mm-hmm. There so what, is. what was happening on Friday? I went to Los Angeles for a wedding of a former colleague. Oh, really? Yeah. I wasn't invited. No, you don't know him. It was before your, before, B, he, BH, before Heath. Yeah. <laughs> what a okay. very, very nice time. Very fun weekend. Los Angeles is cool. Scott, have you ever been to LA? No, I haven't. Was that your first time? No, uh, I've been there several times. It was my wife's first time. Took her to In-N-Out Burger. Heath, have you ever been to L.A.? Oh, Yes, at least once, maybe twice, but not as an adult, I don't think. Oh, yeah, it's good. It's fun. And In-N-Out Burger is just delicious. Oh, like I was so in the, the Palm what? Stop Springs it. Area. Wait, stop so it. Hold- I was so – I did. I haven't been to Los Angeles. I've been to San Francisco, and one of the things I was looking forward to when we went to San Francisco was trying this In-N-Out burger everybody raved about. Yeah, rightfully so. It, it was the most underwhelming burger experience of my life. On the scale of burgerdom, it was closer to but, McDonald's than Five Guys. Well, yes. So. Oh, thank you that you're making my point. People overrate – in and out because it's a fast food joint, but it blows away all the other fast food joints. But no, it's not as good as Five Guys. Well, I didn't travel across the country to eat at, you know, a, a slightly better McDonald's. That's it's, no, like, that, it's that, not you're underrating of the hype it gets. You're underrating. Here's my question though, because I I don't know that I've had it before. Maybe I did. You know, I do a lot of things I don't remember. <laughs> um. <laughs> Is it priced like fast food? It's so cheap. It's so cheap. cheap. Okay. Well, that's, that's a different thing then. I'm okay with that. I, I get so sick of going to these burger places and it's $12 for a freaking hamburger. Yeah, no, it's crazy. All right. All right. So Scott's wrong about this. Well, he's going to be right about fantasy baseball. I want to start with this email from Ben. Actually, no, it's not from Ben. It's from Wilson's dad. Can we just put Wilson Contreras as the number one catcher now and for the foreseeable future? Thanks, Wilson's dad. No. Buster Posey still exists, so does Gary Sanchez. I do, I do kind of, I'm hedging on Contreras versus Gary Sanchez though. Not, not really Posey. I mean, there's just, there's just no reason to even question Posey's greatness. Wilson Contreras has had a very good couple weeks and it's made his season long numbers look very good as well. But, like, I, I don't think it's fair to assess any player on the hottest two-week stretch of his career, especially when it wasn't so clear before that that he was even top five, you know? Is it only— yeah, I've had him number three, I think, since the All-Star break. I moved him ahead of Salvador Perez because we knew that Salvador Perez in the second half is just a bad idea. Uh, but I'm, he's not going any higher than number three. Is it only two weeks? I mean, I know since the All-Star break, Contreras has been ridiculous. And good news for him is that they kept him in the lineup. He's, he's hit five home runs in his last four games. Um, but they kept him in the lineup and put him in left field uh, earlier on Saturday, I believe. And he homered yeah. twice. So yeah. that's an interesting move because Avila's probably a better hitter than Schwarber. So you get Avila a catcher, right now anyway. You get Avila a catcher, you put Contreras there. Uh, I think, uh, no, not to be, not to nitpick or anything, but I'm going back to June 16th. He's got an 1100 OPS and 16 home runs. And I, I just know as the Contreras owner in one league, he's been great for, for we almost two months now. Um, yeah, so Sanchez, that's 42 games. Yeah. yeah. Sanchez yeah. bench for defense, by the way, too. We should probably talk about that. Okay. So I was probably a little dismissive of the length of time, but still relative. In comparison to Buster Posey, I mean, the mm-hmm. time of elite production is is no comparison. And mm-hmm. I'm not even saying, like, if Contreras stays this hot through the end of the season, I think he probably is the clear number two going into next season behind Posey. Well, he was number two for the first two months of the season. <laughs> oh, I see what you did. There. Uh, is there any concern about Gary Sanchez? Should fantasy owners be panicking here? Is you know he apparently he put on he bulked up like twelve pounds in the off season, and that has made him less flexible. And he leads baseball in pass balls and I believe errors too at the catcher position. So and he, and he sat Saturday, and he, which was a planned day off, and he sat Sunday. Uh, any concerns about Gary Sanchez, guys? No. Well, I don't know. You're making me rethink this on the spot. I mean, if Wilson Contreras is getting extra playing time for a catcher and Gary Sanchez playing time is becoming something of a concern because of his defense, 
Uh, yeah, but, but Gary Sanchez has played 132 games in his major league career, and he's got 52 home runs. Right. It's, are, it's no, not. That's it's wrong. not that I'm that's worried wrong. about. Yeah, that's a lot. That's completely a lot. wrong. Made the number up. Okay. 37. <laughs> 37. Well, I, Scott, it's not that I'm worried about how good of a hitter Gary Sanchez is. It's just if Wilson Contreras is nearly as good of a hitter and he's playing a lot more. I would not expect – yeah, I I don't think this weekend is enough to tell me that Wilson Contreras is going to play a lot more than Gary Sanchez. If the Yankees decide they're not going to play Gary Sanchez down the stretch because of his defense, they're not going to make the playoffs. Uh, well, also it's, they put Matt Holiday on the DL, so now the DH is free. That could That could easily happen with Gary Sanchez. Yeah. All right, so I think I know, it sounds, you, all, you all make compelling points. It, it sounds I, I like you're still on Team Sanchez here. Me? Yeah. Well, Heath definitely is. Yeah. Yep. I don't. I don't know. All right. All right. Well, Scott's not committed. What are you going to do? You're going to trade Contreras no. for Sanchez or the other way around? No, it doesn't right. really matter that much. They're both awesome. It Fix your ranking, Scott. <laughs> all right, so let's get into uh, let's get into the weekend. And look, I was out of town. I was at the wedding. It was it was fun. Uh, a lot of traveling. So I'll be honest with you. I only made one transaction all weekend. It was in our podcast league, head-to-head points, 12 teams. I dropped Hanley Ramirez, who's a little banged up right now, but expected to avoid going on the DL. And I added Marco Estrada, who has had two good starts in a row. I'm not quite sure I'm ready to start Marco Estrada yet, but I do think at about 66% owned or something like that, he's someone that you can take a look at. He has the Yankees at home this week, and I I won't start Estrada in a one start week, but but hey, you you know could be could be him getting himself out of a funk, which is exactly what he did last year. Although this year it was a longer and much worse funk. Any interesting ad drops for you guys? I added Paul DeJong. DeYoung. In what kind of league? In a points league. I had Addison Russell go on the disabled list. Uh, four no twelve team points league. Uh, had Addison Russell go on the disabled list, needed a shortstop. I don't really believe that he can keep this up, striking out 31% of the time and not walking at all. But he had six more hits over the weekend. Like, I don't, there's no reason really to doubt him, right? Especially a shortstop. Um, I added Ian Kennedy this morning because he got bumped back yesterday and is now a two-start pitcher against the Cardinals and White Sox. Oh, the White Sox are... Just so bad. And one yep. of the, I think one of the Strata good starts was against the White Sox, but the other was at, against the Astros, which was nice, but the White, yeah, that, I mean, any, anytime you see a pitcher facing the White Sox, they are folding. They are. Yeah, I think just, one start against the White Sox is an excuse to start most pitchers. If you get two starts and one of them's against the White Sox, you're a must start no matter who you are almost. Mm-hmm. Alright, so Kennedy, DeYoung, anything else interesting? I added Brandon Woodruff in a couple leagues after his uh very successful major league debut on Friday, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Against the Rays at Tampa Bay, actually. Six and a third, shutout innings with six strikeouts. And uh a guy who had very impressive numbers in the minors twenty sixteen. This year was spent uh in, in Colorado Springs, triple A Colorado Springs, so like, you know. Closest thing to Coors Field in the minor leagues. Numbers weren't as good. Had an ERA over four. But I, I think, uh, I think you have to view that performance through, you know, special lenses and, and, uh, recognize that there is definitely talent here. I am about as excited about Woodruff as I would be about Luke Weaver had Luke Weaver stayed in the rotation. So not saying I'm adding him everywhere, but. I found in a good number of my leagues he was the most attractive starting pitcher available. He is 13% owned, Brandon Woodruff. He, he debuted for the Brewers, and yeah, a great start against the Rays, who do strike out a lot, but still was uh, very encouraging. 13% owned. I had a two-start Dylan Bundy to start as a Sparp against the Angels and Athletics. Mm, good matchups. I um, Chris Team Kreeth. After getting pummeled in the For the People League this week and falling back out of the playoffs, added Matt Chapman in yeah. our 16-team For the People League. Oh, you know, we added another. Adam and I added uh, the other athletics corner infielder in that league. Matt Olson. The Oakland Mats yes. le- led the waiver wire today. Both, both were added in 16-team categories league. Both so, for power, hopefully, and probably not much else. Chapman has been a top nine third baseman over the last month. Chapman, yeah, he actually, uh, put him 
in the hitter section. So Matt Chapman is 17% owned. Over the weekend, he went four for 10 with three doubles. Last eight games, 321 batting average, two homers, three dump, three doubles, and six walks to four strikeouts for Matt Chapman. So uh, that, that guy's 17% owned. Scott, why do we pick up Matt Olson? I've, you know, Scott is running the team right now, by the way. I will concede. Well, that. I don't know why, like, you, you guys made a trade. Yeah. I almost reversed it. <laughs> what? Because you're out of you're out of it. What are you trading for? We're trying. Obvious we're, we're collusion. Not, I, I'm obviously still trying to win, Heath. We traded Cody Allen for Tommy Pham. I we needed offense. What? We, we did? <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> what that one category a week saves that we may or may not win versus Tommy Pham could help us in four. Apparently, or five actually. Your, your best friend in the league needed saves. It's obvious collusion. <laughs> You don't think Tommy Pham's more valuable in the categories league than Cody Allen? With Andrew Miller out, I'm not sure. Okay. Well, I, with I Andrew, don't know how that makes a difference. With Andrew Miller out, he might be worse because they might use him in non-save situations, apparently. Yeah, I guess they they could. Uh, we have one closer now, right? Oh, no. We, do we have zero closers, Scott? We have we have one. We have Trinan. All right. Oh, okay. Clearly not Trinan to win that category. No, I'm not Trinan. <laughs> In that league at all. Adam's not trying to do anything Look, at all. We we have really big offensive issues, and I thought Tommy Pham. I thought you were on board with Tommy Pham, Adam. I like Tommy Pham. I like this trade I, at all. I like closers. Um, like I, I'm in the same place you guys are in in our podcast listeners league, which I think is my third year in a row of being absolutely awful in that league, and I just quit. That's like, I'm just I don't doing I don't the league a service. That. I, I don't respect quitters. No, the, doing the league a service would be playing out the string, trying to, you know, give people who are fighting for a playoff spot just as much of a chance as yeah. the people who are ahead of them had early in the year. Yeah, oh, I'm still setting right. my lineup. He's right. Yeah, you know, set, set your lineup. You you Making make trades moves. to try to help no, teams you gotta, that are fighting you for playoff play the hard as hard as you possibly can. I oh. do. Th- I do think it's kind of an interesting question because i did institute a rule last week in the editorial league that we're in that you're only we had one week left before the trade deadline and two weeks left before the playoffs started we're starting early uh you were not allowed to make trades unless you were in playoff contention which was almost all of the league anyway but you know that didn't factor into the decision so what about in real life like trades happen all the time and i i understand they're thinking about future seasons but doesn't always play out that way. I mean, the Twins had Jaime Garcia for the week. The White Sox got Tyler Clippard. No, the, the who's Twins really not a future piece back in that Yankees deal. The Twins had Jaime Garcia because they thought that they might be willing to go for it. And All right, they, what about Tyler Clippard? Tyler Clippard, they had to take, they had to have someone in there in their bullpen. They gave away Robertson and Canley. They had to have they, some they someone had players respectable. they could call up. They could have still no. set a lot. Look, it, right, that's like that's like a dynasty league, Major League Baseball, where of yep. course I would allow anybody to make trades at any if, time. If, if Major League Baseball is not a long-term piece, if Major League Baseball had to start over with new rosters every year, then I would think they shouldn't let people not look, continue to make trades. You gotta, I, I just you gotta I have disagree more. You gotta have players on your roster. I mean, like, I, you gotta you're you're trying to be competitive. So like, make ad drops. You but, can't just quit. Being competitive because you're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. You're, you're still not being competitive. You're just giving saves to another team in the league. First of all, not, I, I did yeah, this. We're taking a lot of offense from them and Tommy Pham. Like I could understand if this was an obviously lopsided trade that, you know, we were just trying to help the guy win. It was collusion basically, but that's not it. I made it with the intention of we're going to have a better chance of winning games with Tommy Pham on our roster than Cody Allen. I did this, by the way, this policy one week before the trade deadline. Okay. I didn't, it's, you know, I didn't do it in uh on July fifteenth or something like that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if you, I think better than just like certain teams can't make trades and certain teams can, which is obvious discrimination. Like, just make the trade deadline earlier, and then you don't have to worry about it. No, like, if that's if that's if you're really that concerned about some out of contention team blowing up your league with a bad trade. No, not even or with any a, trade. Not even with a bad trade. Yeah, make with the a trade, trade deadline earlier. I don't know. I, I don't have a problem with what I did. Heath, did you, did you have a problem with what I did? Uh, no. I didn't even notice what you did. You didn't even read the email. <laughs> Thank you. Alright, let's take a look at the most added lists. See who the people out there are putting on their teams. Most added player is probably a two-star pitcher. No, it's Shane Green, a closer. Followed by James McCann, who is 37% owned. James McCann did not even realize James McCann was hot. Is he? He's not that hot, I guess. Uh, but I am looking for He's a Wilson everyday player now. Yeah, he I'm... was. He was. I mean, I would say that James McCann's recent performance may have less to do with that than Salvador Perez's injury. 
He Maybe. was just the catcher that most people picked up when Salvador Perez went down. I'm looking for a Wilson Ramos replacement. I'm not sure I would go with James McCann. I think I'd rather just take a chance that Ramos turns it around and gets hot. We picked up Cervelli for uh, Perez in one of our leagues. Uh, That's G- a better option than McCann. JC JC Ramirez is a two-start pitcher who is RP eligible, has Baltimore at home and Seattle on the road. He's the number three most added player right now in our leagues. And Jordan, he's been on fire. Uh Yeah, 131 ERA in his last three starts, but only 11 walks, 13 strikeouts. Well, JC Ramirez fire. JC Ramirez fire. Jordan Zimmerman is on the most added list. He's at Pittsburgh and home against Minnesota this week. Those are pretty good matchups for Zimmerman, but... It's a little dicey. Uh, would you go with Jordan Zimmerman? People, this could be a, like for the playoffs this week, you know? People are going to yep. stream a two-star Jordan Zimmerman. Would you do that? Um, it depends. Like, I have made some decisions in one league where I'm playing two teams that are both better than me, and I have to go 2-0 and this week. you got to shoot for the moon. Mm-hmm. So if, if, you, if you need a win and you think you're an underdog, I would shoot for the moon. All right, I want to go back to this for a second because I can't stop thinking about it. You think it's more courteous to lay down and give the teams you happen to be facing over the last few weeks an easier roll, row, um, easier road than the teams you faced early in the season? You think that's more courteous than who's anything about laying down? I'm still setting my lineup. No, that's you're but if you're not trying your hardest to win, you're basically laying down. No, there's there's something right in the middle of those two. I I don't think I. Yeah, no, I agree. He's not laying that. He's setting a lineup. I think you should at least do some ad drops. I mean, that's... you can do some ad drops, just not ones that might interfere with what a contender might want to do. No, you're taking this, I think, a little bit too seriously. I like, I, you what know, do you mean I'm taking it too seriously. Well, he's got to sign up for fantasy baseball. It's a commitment. It's like I... your parents always tell you: you you made a commitment, you're going to see it through to the end. He is seeing it through. It's just like it's just human nature that you. He basically said he quit. I think those were the word. That I, was the I, actual oh, word he I, used. My season's over. I haven't won in a month. I'm not going to win the rest of the year. I do think you owe it to your league that to attitude. set set a responsible lineup. You're not starting any injured players, stuff like that, but. I'm, I but can't you're really clearly tell. not trying as hard as you did early in the year, which is discourteous. Uh, I think it's, to, but it's human nature. It happens all the to time to the teams who you're not facing at that. Well, it's we we're not making a human nature argument. We're making a should you be allowed to to try as hard as you can until the season's over, until your season is over. Uh, like well, you've played your last game. I think it's just the when your season is over is the debatable part. I think when I got to four and ten, my season was over. Well. But what are again? Go back to the real life. I mean, certain team seasons are over, and they tank. They don't tank. Oh, yeah, tanking is very prevalent. Not, not among. Okay, first of all, probably not. Second of all, certainly not the on-field product is tanking. Players aren't purposely like managers aren't purposely sitting their best players. There are arguments in September every year between teams in the same division because a team over the final week of the season doesn't play any of their best players, and another team gets into the playoffs because of it. You know that what you call happens. that? Discourteous. Okay. But that does happen in Major League Baseball. Um, it's factual. I, probably for injury reasons, probably for we have this young player we want to see reasons, not just for the sake of lose, losing for the sake of losing. I don't know. I don't know why they're doing it. Uh, look, it, I would be upset if if somebody did not set a complete lineup, you know, just completely gave up, stopped paying attention right. to the league. I, I think that's wrong. I think, like, Scott, in, I, in, I, in an ideal world, everybody would play as hard as they do, as hard as they can for as long as they can. I just, from years of playing fantasy, it just doesn't work that way. And I know Heath has, like, a million leagues and football starting now, so I just can't blame him for not I, – I know this might sound like a bad thing to say. I can't blame him for not putting – a full effort forth in a league that he's been eliminated from. That's fine I not to it. blame him, but don't, but give credit to the ones who actually do. Sure. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, like the, the reason I made that policy of don't trade if you're eliminated is I actually looked at the, the one team that was eliminated. Well, I looked at one team that I wanted to trade with, uh, and I saw that his team was terrible, and he wasn't making any moves. He was starting like three injured players. 
And I would never make a trade offer to somebody like that. And I would veto any trade to that that occurred with a team like that. Because if, if you're not paying attention to your league, you don't get to make trades. Um, so I just thought, like, look, if people are quitting right now and not really trying, then then you're not allowed to make trades. That's why I, I instituted that policy. Uh, you know, but but no, I mean, in the case of Scott, he is trying every every week in the for the people league that we share. That Scott and I share that team, and he should be allowed to make trades. Absolutely, trying my darndest and losing anyway. Well, what do we? We we were close this week. Did we win this week? <laughs> did we? Did we win? We were up like seven to two going into Sunday. Oh, we were. We I, were, but then it was like five to four when I looked in the afternoon. See, it's like, like a, there's just this whole point of contention oh, between. We won five four. Yeah. We're, that, we're Clay, trying, mate. we're trying, we're trying, and then you look at the standings and it just keeps getting worse. And so it's, it's hard to, to know what the difference is between trying and not trying. Well, there you go. Okay. That's, so that's the issue here. All right. Back to the most added list here. Uh, we have a bunch of two-star pitchers, obviously. Tim Beckham is 43% owned. And Tim Beckham on the Orioles is Brooks Robinson. His, he has an OPS over 1,700 in six games with the Orioles. He's eligible at second base and shortstop. 14 for 25 with three home runs. Uh, wow. And it's not the first time Tim Beckham's gotten hot, but it's really good right now. Keith, you picked up uh, Paul DeYoung. Would you rather have had DeYoung or Beckham? I chose DeYoung over Beckham, but I did put Beckham in the waiver wire column. I think it's at least he plays shortstop. It's worth writing out this hot streak. He had one of those earlier this year in Tampa. And I don't know that his talent has necessarily been what's kept him from succeeding in the big leagues. I mean terrible strike zone judgment, right? Or that that's that's part of it. Um what I thought was weird and I pointed this out on Friday's show, he has three doubles during this six game stretch with the Orioles. He has Eight doubles all year. So, like, the home runs are one thing, but for being an everyday player most of this year, even when he was with the Rays, the fact that he's now nearly doubled his double total in this six games with the Orioles tells you probably unsustainable. Well, it's definitely unsustainable. But, but like you said, I mean, shortstop, playing the hot hands. And it's a better hitting environment. Yeah. Okay, we got Brent Suter, 67% owned. Would you rather own Suter or J.C. Ramirez? Suter. Yeah. Suter's also a two-star pitcher at Minnesota and home against Cincinnati. Good matchups for Suter. Also on the most added list, Christian Vasquez, Boston catcher. Vasquez. Uh, he played like seven or eight games in a row because Sandy Leon was dealing with something. Mm-hmm. But I think that's uh, resolved now. So I would expect it to be closer to 50-50 playing time All from right. this point forward. He is hitting well. Would you rather have McCann, James McCann, or, or Christian Vasquez? McCann. Yep. Kevin Gosman is 80% owned. He has been awesome lately. Matt yep. Garza. Mr. Chance probably. Yeah, probably. Four straight eight strikeout efforts for Gosman with two earned runs allowed between them. And and Gosman and Nola are two guys who had been dropped in a lot of leagues and now added in a lot of leagues. And Nola is a complete stud, and Gosman is pitching great. And that's sort of what I'm hoping for for Marco Estrada. I just hope he can. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't care if he's as good as those guys that just just get to the point where everybody wants to add him again, and and maybe now's your chance to get him before that happens. Yeah, I think I think it's playing out. I, I know Chris was with me in voicing this, just like his skill set. Because he throws high 80s, it depends so much on like pinpoint command. And you could tell it wasn't there. The walks were way up, and then he was getting hit a lot harder. But I, I think the walks are what made it clear that you know it wasn't a loss of stuff. It was a loss of command, and he seems to have gotten it back here the last couple starts. So I'm hopeful of a strong finish for Estrada, too. I just right. always doubted him, so I'm going to keep doubting him. Okay. This is the only time I've got to enjoy Marco Estrada in the last three years. Well, congratulations. Thanks. It took a long time, but <laughs> it's <a heat laughs> moment. Uh, hey, look, we just launched a new version of our CBS Sports app that's going to be perfect for you fantasy owners. It's the only sports app with box scores that show stats like OPS, OBP, WHIP, and fantasy points even. So just swipe right on the box score like Tinder. Just swipe right on it. Or do you swipe left on Tinder? Swipe right. I, swipe right. Probably depends. If I you think like it depends it. on whether you like what you see or not, right? Scott yeah. White being the one of us that understood how Tinder works was the biggest upset of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually used Tinder. Um, 
you know, very briefly. And oh, so you should know most of all. Yeah, except I never really, I never met anyone. I was on it for like a, like two uh-huh. weeks. But yeah, I think you swipe right. But swipe right on the box score. Download the CBS Sports app at cbssports.com slash baseball. cbssports.com slash baseball. It's actually a really cool app. And yeah, it's got a lot of good stuff for fantasy owners. News awesome. and notes. Here we go. Jerry's Familia could return in about two weeks. Chase Anderson's going to make a rehab start tomorrow. Seattle acquired Yonder Alonso from Oakland for outfielder Boog Powell, who is in every trade. And the Mariners just kind of felt like they hadn't made a trade in a little while. They love to trade, so yeah. they get No, Yonder. this is a good move for them. I mean, Alonzo's value have been slipping in fantasy. Uh, the home runs have been down recently. And it, it'll probably slip even more with this move because Danny Valencia, who had been playing first base for the Mariners, has always been great against left-handers. Alonzo, not so much. So I think that's going to be a strict platoon. Uh, but it, it helps the Mariners lineup for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh, let's see. We've covered a lot of this other news. Salvador Perez could miss up to a month. Let's call it two to four weeks. Avi Garcia could return Tuesday. The biggest lineup decision I'm going to make, do I start George Springer? He could come back on Tuesday. We don't know. We probably won't know until it's too late. Gonna have to roll the dice on that one. <sighs> there's a lot of, like, there's not very many games today though, right? Seven. So there, I think there's a good chance in most of my leagues I have someone that's playing on Tuesday. The, the thing is I want to get Springer off my DL so I can make that decision tomorrow. Yeah. All so right. I've, I've moved him to the bench and, and I have luckily an outfielder on most of those leagues where you can oh, make the change tomorrow. Right. So you have to move him off the DL first. Don't, don't leave him right, on the DL right. though. All right. Good call. Good call. Uh, Miguel Sano is going to have an MRI on his hand today. Evan Gaddis is on the seven-day concussion DL. Felix Hernandez is on the DL with biceps tendonitis. Alex Wood, do you guys feel comfortable starting him? He had a little fatigue. His velocity was down, but he had a bullpen session. Alex Wood adjusted his mechanics, and he will start Wednesday at Arizona. I don't love the matchup. I don't think he's must-start, but if it was clear he was one of my five best pitchers and under normal circumstances, even with that matchup, I'd, I'd think I'd go ahead and use him. Woods had problems with consistency in his delivery in the past, right? Yep. I I do not like the question was do you feel comfortable starting him? I don't feel comfortable at all. But it's really hard to find a team where you've got five starting pitchers better than Wood this week too. Okay, that's Alex Wood. He'll be at Arizona. Hanley Ramirez, as I mentioned, expected to avoid the DL. Two Brewers you should keep an eye on. Domingo Santana left yesterday's game after being hit by a pitch. Travis Shaw was supposed to sit yesterday, but he came in to replace Santana in the lineup. And uh, he's a little dinged up with a neck injury. Matt Shoemaker, unfortunately, out for the season. He could miss all of next season as well after arm surgery. Did you see the Travis Shaw play? I didn't. I didn't see much it this weekend. It was awful. He was trying to steal second base. He did steal second base. The throw, the shortstop... Our middle infielder missed it entirely, and it hit him in the neck. Yeah. Yeah, that stinks. It looked terribly painful. Mm. Your boy must have hurt you, you know? Hurt Travis What's that? Shaw. Hurt Travis Shaw, hurt Heath Cummings. Uh, he's tough, though. Yeah, he's tough. Call-ups and demotions. Only one call-up. Detroit, the, the uh, Tigers are going to call up Jamer Candelario today, who they got in the Justin Wilson deal. Is that it? Yeah. Yes. And yeah, he you know he played with the Cubs earlier this year. Didn't do much. Any interest right. in Jamer Candelario? It sounds like it'll be a short-term thing. Jose Iglesias is on the bereavement list, and that's why Candelario is coming up. He's the third baseman. Obviously, they have one of those already. So uh, I already had him stashed in a deep AL only league, but I'm not really looking to add him anywhere else. Jake Junis, is it Heath? Did I pronounce that right? Yeah. Huge start yesterday. Dominates Seattle and then gets sent back down to the minors. Do you think we would see Kansas City starting pitcher Jake Junis back anytime soon? Uh, if the Royals have another doubleheader. Oh, all right. I don't think there's a play. Like, I I can't see them. If Trevor Cahill has a couple more starts where he can't even get through the fifth inning, they may decide. But Junis is not a guy that's going to make a big difference. Well, Junis at AAA – in, it's a PCL affiliate. I mean, it's, it's hitters right. league. 292 ERA, 107 ERA, 10.9 strikeouts per nine innings, which, you, you know, 
it's easy to look past that when he pitches like he did his earlier stints this year, but then when he turns in a start like this, an eight-inning gem with a lot of strikeouts, I don't know. It probably needs to be stashed in those same kind of leagues where Candelario is. Adam Wainwright's off the DL. Yeah, AL only for Jake Junis. Adam Wainwright off the DL, so Luke Weaver was sent back down. Blake Snell was sent to AAA. They had to give their bullpen a bit of a boost, so Blake Snell sent down. And the Yankees sent Jordan Montgomery down, even though he's probably better than Jaime Garcia, and we're all very frustrated by it. Sent him down after what was maybe his best start of the year. Not in terms of, like, you know, he didn't pitch deep into the game, but he threw 68 pitches and got a ton of strikeouts. Yeah, he dominated. Yeah. Jordan Montgomery to AAA. Okay, weekend standouts. Danny friggin' Salazar, since coming off the DL, 1-0, 135 ERA, 8 hits, 28 strikeouts to 5 walks in 20 innings. Like, how all of a sudden he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. What's going on here with Danny Salazar? I am really looking forward to our annual March arguments over Danny Salazar where I can quote these short sample sizes and his ace potential and Scott can tell us how he's never thrown 200 innings and he never will. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. You know, it's, it's gonna, they're both going to be valid I, points. I mean, if he dominates like this over his next six starts, you know, like he has his last three, it's going to be hard to, it's going to be hard to be anywhere but firmly on Salazar's side heading into next year. The potential is evident. Who wants to pick up Hyunjin Ryu? Uh, Ryu with another really good start. Seven scoreless innings with eight strikeouts at the Mets. He threw 96 pitches. Start before that, seven scoreless innings with seven strikeouts against the uh, San Francisco Giants on 85 pitches. So Ryu with 14 innings, 15 strikeouts, no runs, no earned runs over his last two starts. And he's only 50% owned. Last six starts with, um, you know, a couple DL stints in there. 208 ERA, 115. Whip 9.9 strikeouts per nine innings. So he has really become a very effective pitcher again in a way that's, you know, may have gone unnoticed because he's been absent so often. But Dodgers are down to a five man rotation right now. Brandon McCarthy has yet to begin a rehab assignment. Um, I, I suspect when he does begin a rehab assignment, um, well, I, I don't really know what the Dodgers are going to do. Kenta may just roll us up in there. They could go back to six men. I don't know. I, I think Ryu's in the rotation for the foreseeable future. And, yeah, I am looking to add him. I think he's mixed league relevant again. Would you rather have Kevin Gossman or Hyunjin Ryu? Gossman. Okay. JC Ramirez or Ryu? Ryu. Ryu. Let's see who Ryu's got this week. Uh, because, you know, you might have to choose between a two-start Ramirez – or this one start Ryu. Who do you have, Ryu? San Diego. I like that. That makes it easier. I probably would have chosen Ryu anyway. I feel like Ramirez two starts is not enough incentive to take that plunge. Well, I, I can't imagine a much better pitcher to go add right now that's available in about half our leagues or more. Or, or, or yeah, then Hyunjin Ryu. 50, 53% owned now. It's gone up 3%, but San Diego at home this week, you know they're going to win. They're 44-7 and seven in their last 51 games. <laughs> yeah, that might be the safest. Like, you can never predict baseball on a day-to-day -day basis, but that might be <laughs> Dodgers versus Padres, as safe as you'll find. Uh, yeah, actually, and that's now, how of I— of course, they're going to win. That's how I felt about the White Sox-Red Sox series this weekend. Like, that was the most obvious four-game sweep. It was a joke. Except one game went to extra innings, but gosh, what a mismatch. Matt Belisle got the save for the Twins on Sunday against Texas. Taylor Rogers pitched the eighth. Belisle has 14 straight scoreless appearances. Rogers has given up at least one earned run in six straight appearances. So Belisle's been better lately. He's 4% owned. Do you believe that we should be picking up Matt Belisle? Paul Molitor said after the game he's still playing matchups, so... I don't know. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. I don't think managers who set out to do that ever stick with it for long. And Belial's been better recently. I would be going after just about any other closer ahead of him. I'd be going after Blake Trinan ahead of the Twins guy. I'd be going after uh, probably probably Brad Ziegler. A Rotospace guy I know is still not even 40% owned. Yeah. So 
Yeah, he's four percent owned. I if just... there's no other sources of saves out there, then sure, Belial. Yeah. But there, there, there are a lot of closers who are greatly underowned right now. Team name Tuesday on a Monday, Belial Love It. Okay, like Lyle Love It. Remember him? You remember mm-hmm. Lyle Love It? Yeah, yeah. He was married to Cindy Crawford, right? Yeah, but he was married. He was married to someone very attractive. Sure, Cindy Crawford. He was a country music star. That's right. Actually, he had like two good songs. I don't, that I couldn't tell you. That yeah. would be all middle America Heath Cummings. Um, all right. Thank you. Those are your weekend standouts. You guys can nominate other players in just a second, but I do need to tell you about SeatGeek. The best way to get tickets is through SeatGeek and we've got our offer code to get you $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. That offer code is fantasy. So go to the SeatGeek app, put it on your phone right now. If you don't have it, you're, you're crazy. Got some big Yankees games coming up and I keep checking SeatGeek for prices and I'm going to use, I mean, I've already used the, the promo code fantasy to get my $20 off. But if you haven't, now's a great time to do it. And if you have used the promo code, you're still going to use SeatGeek because every time you use it, you're saving money and you're saving time. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. That gets you the most bang for your buck. Every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. So make it your go-to app for sports, concerts, comedy, theater. Again, you get $20 off your first purchase with the promo code FANTASY. That's promo code FANTASY for a $20 discount on SeatGeek, a great app. I use it all the time, and I recommend you do it as well. And again, the promo code is FANTASY. So I'm going to give you four pitchers that are mostly owned. But this time of year when you have you know people like Heath who aren't paying attention in their leagues. What the? No, I'm just Come kidding. On. I'm just kidding. You get guys that... I'm still paying attention. Guys that slip through the cracks. Guys that slip through the cracks. So would you make sure in all of your leagues that the following pitchers are owned? Mike Fultonevich. That was actually who I wanted to pick as my weekend standout. Perfect. Because I'm seeing some real reason to be encouraged here. His, His first 15 starts... He recorded double-digit swinging strikes in three of them, three of 15. His last six starts, he has recorded double-digit swinging strikes in five. His slider appears to be becoming more effective, and I think I said a week or two ago, like, you get a guy who throws 98 like he does, and all it takes is developing the right secondary pitch for him to take off. That may be what we're seeing happen here right now with Fultonevich and his slider. So you would make sure that he's owned in all your leagues? Not all. all. Not all. But I, be, given that I've been dismissing him all year, this is, I want to note the turnaround. Okay. How about Kevin Gosman? Clearly. Kevin Gosman, I would like to see owned in all of yeah. your leagues. Yes. 100% too. of them. Me too. Ke- uh, Carlos Rodon. I was a ele- Man, 11 strikeouts and no walks. Carlos Rodon with no walks is a top 15 fantasy pitcher. Yeah, and yeah. so this was a great start at Boston. Seven and two-thirds, two runs, no walks, 11 strikeouts. And the start before that for Rodon, six and two-thirds, one run, two walks, nine strikeouts against Cleveland. I think the start before that, he struck out 11 Cubs but had a bad start. But, man. Like, yeah, it was like 11 and four and two-thirds innings or yeah. something, right? Yeah. Uh, That's a lot of strikeouts. And uh, two good starts in a row. I, I would say Rodon needs to be must-own. My level of trust isn't as high in him, on, in him as it is even somebody like Gosman, but gotta gotta invest in that upside. Okay. And I was gonna put Estrada in here. I don't think he's a must-own, but nope. We talked about him enough. Uh, Roger uh, Davis. Just, just so you know, Lyle Lovett won four Grammys. There you go. And had uh, his his best hit was Cowboy Man, which climbed to number 10 on the charts. Of course. Love Cowboy Man. Love it. Uh, Rajay Davis stole three bases on Saturday. Anybody anybody care? <sighs> he hit, that has not been an even distribution of stolen bases for him this year. Like, yeah. Unless you're committing to starting him every week the rest of the season, he may well give you one or two steals. Double dongs over the weekend. Brian Dozier. Stanton, Daniel Murphy, Tyler White, Nelson Cruz, Wilson Contreras, Chris Young. I didn't really think it was that interesting of a weekend for hitters. I thought it was mostly a pitcher's weekend. I I was curious if it counts as a double dong if you have a double header and you dong in both games of the double header. W hit Merrifield? No. Okay. No, I don't don't think it does. But he has 
continues to be awesome. It's amazing. So I think let's talk pitchers then, no? Sure. Let's talk pitchers. Studs being studs, part uno. You Darvish makes his Dodgers debut and dominates the Mets. Ten strikeouts and seven scoreless innings. Also ten strikeouts in seven innings with two runs for Justin Verlander at Baltimore on Friday. Cole Hamill's complete game, one run, five strikeouts, no walks. Jacob Faria bouncing back from some minor struggles. Six innings, four hits, one run, two walks, nine strikeouts. And Aaron Nola at Colorado was terrific. Nine straight starts allowing two or fewer earned runs. So I gave you Darvish, Verlander, Hamels, Faria, and Nola in struggle and studs being studs part one. Anything jump out at you? Verlander's turned it around again. The second half turnaround, he's throwing harder than he has, I think, all year. And maybe harder than he did last year. It's ridiculous. He was <laughs> terrible. Now he's good again. Scott, anyone yeah. for you? You want to talk about uh, Cole Hamels maybe? Complete game? I mean, do you want to compare Cole Hamels and Felix Hernandez's numbers side by side? No. Okay. No. <laughs> I wish I wish Hamels was throwing a little harder. I wish he was getting a few more strikeouts. I think Scott's trying to take back his, I'm sorry, I was wrong, Cole Hamels is the same as Felix Hernandez, and now say he was right after already admitting that he was making a faulty argument. That is kind of what I'm trying to do. <laughs> Love the honesty. Love it. Yeah. Outstanding. Well, it seems to me from the responses I've gotten on Twitter, people only remember the the more intense portion of that conversation when I defended Hamill's honor versus Hernandez. And now their numbers are vastly different. Hamill's actually has a, a 107 whip. On the year, 359 yeah. ERA. Mm-hmm. I I am concerned about him still, like the the lack of dominance. But at the same time, I have a hard time sitting him. Yeah, last seven starts for Hamels, 298 ERA, eight walks. See, the walks being low is very encouraging. But 30, yeah. 37 strikeouts in 48 and a third is not what and you he's expect. Been leaning Hamels. on his changeup a lot more recently, and that was always his best pitch. I don't know why he got away from it. He definitely got away from it last year. When the walks went up. So uh, there's reasons to be encouraged while also noting the reduced velocity and swinging strike totals. Studs being studs part two. Taiwan Walker, six innings, three runs at San Francisco. Uh, Walker's been pretty consistent. He's had an ERA under four each month of this season, except technically August where he gave up three runs in six innings. Uh, Kyle Hendricks had a pretty good start. Not great, but pretty good. Tanner Roark had a pretty good start at Texas over the weekend. Alex Cobb, Eduardo Rodriguez, John Gray, Charlie Morton, Dan Straley was fine, uh, and Jamison Tyone bounced back. Of course, it was against the Padres. So, look, these these are studs because they are owned in more than 80% of leagues. They're not all necessarily studs. But Taiwan Walker, Kyle Hendricks, Tanner Roark, Alex Cobb, Eduardo Rodriguez, John Gray, Charlie Morton, Dan Straley, Jamison Tyone. Who stood out to you guys? I think it's encouraging to see Kyle Hendricks go seven innings is probably the biggest thing here. And the second one is, yeah, you're right about Taiwan Walker. Chris has poo-pooed him a lot this year. And there have been some things peripherally that did not look very good. But he is quietly having a pretty good year. He is. I still think 88% is over-owned. For Taiwan Walker? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, he's he's usable. I I think he's must-own. I mean, it's a 360 ERA. It's Which is like a, a half run better than league average. Sure. But, you know, with a so-so strikeout rate with... You know, some not not consistently pitching deep into games. I think he's just kind of a marginal mixed leaguer, and I would expect those types to be owned in less than 88%. But I'd rather have him than Alex Cobb, probably. I think the interesting one is Kevin Gosman, because we both agree that Kevin Gosman is must-owned, and what Kevin Gosman has done has been just absolutely awful and really good. And absolutely well, awful yeah. and really good. Yeah, I think he made the necessary adjustment. Um, his decision. But he's got an ERA that's like two runs higher than Walker's. Right, but I don't 
I'm I'm more concerned about what they're going to do in their next start, not what they've done in their first whatever. Well, that's twenty. The most indicative thing of that would be what they've done for the year. I don't know that that's necessarily true. Maybe maybe in the macro sense it is, but on a case by case basis, I mean, I pay attention to adjustments pitchers make and recent trends they're on, and I think Gosman. It lines up perfectly, those two. Um, you know, kind of basically started using his fastball as both a fastball and a changeup by varying the speeds on it, and it's just taken off with that. So throwing the split finger more, that's always been his best pitch. And I think Gosman's going to be fine rest of the way. I, I, I could agree with the fine part exactly. I, I don't think he's going to be a zero or one run per start guy like he's been his last four. I, I see him as kind of a mid-three ZRA starting pitcher. Okay. Which is what Walker's already been. All right, all right. So studs being duds. How about some struggling studs? Carlos Carrasco, this is two bad starts in a row. Now, Carrasco did allow no runs. He actually had a shutout through five, and then he gave up five earned runs in the sixth and apparently was hurt by uh, his right fielder just misplaying a Jacoby Ellsbury triple. And that scored, I think, three runs, and that was a bases-loaded hit. So Carrasco, though, you know, he just— he just is prone to bad starts, more than you would expect from a guy with his kind of stuff. Danny Duffy struggled uh, over the weekend. Rich Hill wasn't that bad, but I put him on here anyway. Because he <laughs> has st- only one star. Uh, let's see. Failed, failed to pitch six innings in three of his last four starts, Rich Hill. And um, Sean Mania has been pretty bad lately. Three of his last four starts have been pretty bad. So Carrasco, Danny Duffy, Rich Hill, Sean Mania. Are you worried about any of these guys? I've always been a little worried about Duffy because for the same reasons I've been worried about Hamels. Velocity down, strikeouts down. How long can he be this you know, borderline frontline pitcher? And I'm not sure it's over now because of one bad start, but those concerns remain. I, I watched the Carrasco start. I mean, that was just bad timing in every sense. He was three hitting them through five innings and was looking awesome and then Bullpen just kind of messed him up. And, well, the bullpen and his defense kind of ruined him in the fifth inning there. Um, and the Yankees. Eh. <laughs> I mean, I'll take they should have caught that ball, and the inning would have been over with no runs scored. Right, right, right. I'm not worried about Carrasco being a top 15 starting pitcher. I'm not really worried about Duffy being a top 30 starting pitcher. And he's much higher than that when he, when he can be a spark. I wanted to talk about Manaya though, because I was – Kind of amazed that his ERA and whip have risen to the point that they have. Um, after looking like he had t- turned the corner a couple months ago and was emerging as this frontline pitcher, their ERA is over four now, the whip's over one three. And I was surprised to see that the FIP was also near four because I was struggling to reconcile his, um, peripheral numbers with the you know the 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 main five categories that we all pay attention to in fantasy he i know he had a lot of walks early in the year it doesn't seem like those have come back to bite him i feel like lately it's been bad babip luck but his babip is right around 300 for the year my trust in manaya has gone down but i don't know he might be in the place jose barrios is in right now but barrios also had a bad start this weekend mm-hmm. on sunday where I still feel like his ability is good and he's shown enough with it that I'm not just, I'm not worried about dropping him or, or really even benching him across the board, but I'm just not as confident as I am when he takes the mound. Yeah. As I used to be. Right. And I feel the same way about both those guys, Manaya and Barrios. In fact, studs being duds part two was Mike Fires, Barrios, Adam Wainwright, and Brad Peacock, and all these guys are owned in more than 80% of leagues. Fires, Barrios, Wainwright, and Peacock. Who would you start to consider dropping at this point? Fires. Yeah. And, and Wainwright. Wainwright, Wainwright should have never been yeah. owned in this amount yeah. of leagues. How droppable do you think Mike Fires is? Seven. <laughs> he goes right to the meter. The dropometer. Uh, sure. Seven. Um, I... I had him in a 12-team mixed league, and I dropped him, and I didn't think twice about it. I was willing to drop him for the best thing I could find on waiver wire. Wow. So I, I would drop him for Ryu or two-star Ian Kennedy this week. I'd drop him for Woodruff. Whoa, Mike Fires, Man, two like great months, basically, and 
three bad starts now, and it's just we've, we've been down this road a couple times before. Yeah, with I know. But he made an adjustment. He made an adjustment. He changed his arm angle, and I think he started throwing his slider instead of his curveball or something. Now the league it's made like, an adjustment. It's like Marco Estrada, except now it's swinging the other way. Okay, all right. Uh, fringy starting pitchers part one. Who you like? Steven, Steven Matz, John Lackey, Patrick Corbin, Luis Castillo, Zach Davies, Trevor Bauer. Steven Matz, John Lackey, Corbin, Castillo, Davies, and Bauer. Who are your favorites there? There are only two pitchers on this list that I'd care to own in a mixed league. And they are Luis Castillo and, want to guess the other? Patrick, 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 Patrick Corbin. Corbin. Oh, really? Okay, so we're all on the same page here. Mm-hmm. I thought Patrick Corbin might shock some people. I think Lackey's, you know, since coming back off the DL, Lackey's been pretty solid. He had a 3.27 ERA in July, and yeah, he's been solid. Yeah, if he didn't have the supporting cast, he does. It wouldn't be solid enough for me to care. He's he's matchup dependent. He's the AL. He's the NL version of Ian Kennedy. Yep. When do we start looking at the Cubs as just not great anymore? Are we there? Uh, yet? I still expect them to go on a stretch where they win like twenty of twenty-five games. They started they have, doing that. They have been on such a stretch. No, they? no, they not that long. They but. just had a bad week, I believe, a uh, bad homestand. I mean, they lost two or three of that. I don't know. Take a look. But they're only a half game up on the Brewers. Right. But they were like two weeks ago. They were five games back, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the Brewers were no. Awful. They're five and five in their last ten. Yeah. So. Yeah. They they just started right. struggling again. I, I'm never going to look at that roster and say now they're just not very good. No, but but I mean the Nationals come in and take two out of three, and I think the last two games weren't really all that close, right? Here's Correct what here's what I was in July they went sixteen and eight. The Cubs did. Yeah, yeah, they got hot, no doubt. So now you know since the beginning of July they're eighteen and twelve. But are they are they as good as Washington and and the Dodgers? Nobody's as good as the Dodgers right now. Are they as good as the Washington, as Washington and the Dodgers? I think with Arietta backsliding, um, no, they're probably not, but they're good enough to beat them in a short series. I was wrong, by the way. So first game was four to two Nationals. I think they got to Wade Davis in that game. Second game was seven four Cubs and then the Nationals won nine to four at Wrigley. I, I can't figure out how the Dodgers are this good. Like, Am I the only one that feels like they're better than the sum of the whole is better than the sum of their parts? Well, now they've got a playoff rotation of Kershaw, you, and maybe Alex Wood. And yeah, if Alex Wood and, and Rich can't Hill. figure it out, they get Rich Hill. <laughs> Darvish helps, but but these pitchers don't go that deep into games. I mean, Dar- the Darvish addition does make a big difference. The hitters, though, like I look at their lineup, and I guess it's just like Chris Taylor is such a shock. Um, Bellinger, oh, he he's. Just hits for home, just hits home runs, basically. I don't know. I, I I don't. I feel like their lineup isn't that great, but it is. No, I, it I is. agree with you. The hole's better than the sum of the parts. I I feel like the la- how many years in a row have they made the playoffs now? Because I feel like that's been true for the Dodgers for a while. Like yeah. heading into the season, I'd never want to pick them, but then they're always there. Like Justin Turner still leads the NL in hitting. Yeah, right. I, right. And it's a thing. You you look at Justin Turner in the lineup. Where he's hitting, and he 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 might not strike fear in you, but he's having a great year. Corey Seager's obviously having a great year. Chris Taylor, even Puig, that's toward the bottom of the order, and he's having a really respectable year. Yeah, I think they're they're really really good with really really good players. But they don't feel like a World Series team to me. They just and that just I, I, that sounds I don't crazy. Know. Yeah, I I don't know how they could be more of one. I don't know, you know, like like the the Nationals or not the Nationals, the uh, the Mariners won 115, 16 games and didn't yeah. make it to the World Series that year. They didn't have Kershaw, Hugh Darvish, Alex Wood, and Rich Hill, right? I don't think they had. They had three or four. They had three of those guys. I don't remember. They didn't they, have Rich any, Hill. Anything can happen in the playoffs. This is. I know. All right, all right. So this is uh this will be the fifth straight year the Dodgers win their division. They're deep, so. and they always have all these pitcher injuries, and it never matters. With they them. have so much depth, though. Yeah, they're them and the Astros both. Um, they're among the. They're kind of leading this new trend we're seeing in baseball of shorter starts, but so much bullpen depth that it doesn't matter, and it actually becomes a benefit because you know the starters aren't facing the lineup the third time through. 
I don't know that that's something everybody in the league can emulate because I'm not sure there's enough reliable relievers to go around to make that work. But um, the Astros and Dodgers have put it together. And actually, the Astros' bullpen's been kind of shaky recently, right? That's, oh, yeah. Yep. I think they'll bounce back. I think there's plenty of depth there. But that's uh, that that kind of throws off the formula. Really, just when, when one or two of those guys struggle, it kind of puts a, you know, kind of puts a knot in the line and puts a knot in the hose and kind of blows everything up. All right, tell me which pitcher you want from this group. Jason Hamill, Denelson Lamette, Paul Blackburn. I want, Probably I guess, Denelson Lamette, but I don't really want any of them. Okay. What did you say? I'll say Hamill. Okay. I, I, I like at least Lamette. trust. I think his last next start is against the White Sox. Ooh, that's nice. And he's been pretty good. Yeah, he's been consistent, you know, fine. Consistently fine, Jason Hamill. So if he's got to start against the White Sox, there is a sneaky one-start stream this week, everybody. Make sure about that. It could be against the Cardinals. That would would change things. All right, let's look at today's matchups. We've got, let's see, Chris O'Grady for the Marlins at Max Scherzer. I think we know what we're doing here. You trust Scherzer? Yeah, you start O'Grady. You trust Scherzer, by the way? What? You trust Scherzer? Yeah. Yep. Alright, Jordan Zimmerman and Trevor Williams. Zimmerman's been good three of his last four starts. I don't care. Not interested? Nope. Nah, I don't really want to start him in. Yolisha seen at Tim Adelman, Padres at Reds. Nope, nope. Nope. Brent Suter at Irvin Santana. I could start both. Definitely Santana. Hmm. Yeah. Probably Santana. Carlos Martinez at Ian Kennedy. I understand if you have Kennedy in a two-star week, you're starting him. But what about? Yeah, I don't really want to start him against one. Carlos Martinez, though. I will start Martinez. Well, if I mean, if you're going to roster Kennedy, you'd rather like if it's Kennedy versus nothing, you'd rather not take Kennedy. Well, again, we we get into this thing like most of our two-start discussion for the week is about points leagues. Sure. And most of these leagues are. Like, I wouldn't have rostered Ian Kennedy yet. I might roster him later in the week if it's a daily league for the White Sox start. Mm-hmm. But in a categories league, I'm, I don't, I'm not. Probably depends whether you need strikeouts or wins versus ERA Whitmore, right? Which is a tough thing to know on Monday morning. If it's a, yeah. I mean, I guess if it's a season long roto well, league. I guess I was matter. thinking in terms of roto, yeah. But most, I think most of the daily lineup are, are weekly category leagues. Right, huh. right. Yeah, I, I wouldn't start. I, I wouldn't start true. him. If I had him in my weekly category league, I wouldn't start Ian Kennedy. But I would start him later this week against right. the White Sox. That's where I'm at too. Right. Dylan Bundy at JC Ramirez. Start Bundy. And, really? Yeah. All right. No. no, Scott. Not feeling it. His last start was good, right? It but was. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd rather not start Bundy. And Jake Arrieta at Matt Moore. Definitely Arietta, definitely not more. Yep. But more fantasy baseball talk. We'll read some emails to finish the show. Fantasy baseball at cbsi.com. From Seth, buy or sell Machado, the number one shortstop, rest of season. Buy. <laughs> I also buy. No, I'll take Corey Seager. Why, why even risk it, right? Seager's been so good. Wait, I thought Manny Machado. Yeah, he is. He's, he's already started it. <laughs> he, I hope he does, but. He's but, already started making up for it. Don't you have to play it safe and go with the guy who's having like an MVP? I don't know, season? Adam. You tell me. I never said take him over Corey Seager. I just said like I'm I'm on your side on this argument. I anyway. know. I just you know what bothers I me about the argument. And I spilled over onto Twitter and like ruined one of my nights. I'm going to talk to Chris about this. This is what bothers me about this argument. If he goes on a tear, you know, I could say I told you so, and Chris would just say, "quote regression to the mean." And we'd be talking about the same exact thing, but he would put it in the stat no, head terms. No, if he goes on a tear, Chris would say um, sample size or anecdotal evidence. He would say regression to the mean. It's not regression to the mean because regression to the mean would be him doing what he – I'm right into this. All right, all right, fine. Sorry. You, From right. Petey, hey, Paul, Kevin, and Cody. Uh, I think those are – I don't know. Looking to trade one of the following closers. Who's the most tradable? Doolittle, Britton, Viscaino, Allen, Green, or Hand? Doolittle, Britton, Viscaino, Allen, Shane Green, or Brad Hand? 
the most tradable, like in fantasy. Yeah. Probably Allen. Allen has the most value. Follow. I, I'd say Britain might be the best to trade. Yeah. He might have the most Maybe value. Maybe Britain. Like, the name. my concerns about Britain, I imagine, will be hijacked by the person you're trying to take to trade him to, even if that person doesn't necessarily share them. He's just heard about them, so he's going to use that as leverage. Uh, but I, I actually rank Britain higher than Allen. I just feel like nobody's going to worry at all about Allen, so you could trade him pretty easily. By the way, it does appear that Sean Doolittle is in fact a closer even after the Brandon Kinsler deal. And yep. finally, Bill from Palm Desert, California. Every, every place in California sounds so nice. Do you think Kenta Maeda will make two starts this week? I had him out of the list when I originally, the two-star pitcher rankings, when I originally put it together Friday because I thought Brandon McCarthy was going to come back midweek and make it a six-man rotation again. But then I saw McCarthy still hadn't gone through a rehab assignment, so I don't think that's going to happen now. I added Kinta Maeda to the two-star pitcher list. So my answer is yes, I think he will. Rejoice! All right, that's Scott and Heath. I'm Adam. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.